Good morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off in the bottom of 25b, Rosh Hashanah, beginning of the third chapter. So the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said that if the Bezdin sees, the Bezdin sees the new moon, court, so two of them get up. And the next morning, the next day, two of them get up and act as witnesses. And uh, they testify in front of their colleagues who are the Bezdins. The question is, you're going to say, How could a witness be a judge? A witness is not allowed to be a judge. Our Mishnu says that the witnesses could become judges because they all witness the new moon and they're acting as judges. It's not, they, they do not follow the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. The like Rabbi Akiva, Tani will never ice his head and show a court that sees a crime in action. Now we continue on 26a, 26a, a court that sees a crime in action. So Miktosan Nasa Edim, Miktosan Nasa Dayanan. So two of the judges become the witnesses and they testify before their friends who are the, the judges because they are clearly. It says, Edis, the Torah says that you have to have witnesses, you have to have testimony. So it's not enough that you've seen, you have to hear, you have to have a testimony. So two of the judges who heard, who see what happened act as witnesses and they testify before their colleagues. So some of them act as witnesses and the rest act as judges. Argues and he says, no, all of them could only be witnesses now. A witness cannot be a judge, he's not allowed to be a judge. So to, according to Rabbi Kiva, our Mishnah that says that the Bezdin, the court who sees the new moon, and they testify, and some of them testify and some of them act as a court, this follows the opinion of Rabbi Tarpan. According to Rabbi Kiva, they could not be judges. So the Gemara answers. Even according to Rabbi Tarfin, you can't be both at the same time. You can't be a judge. I'll testify and I'll hear my own testimony. <laughs> But really, I'll tell you how Mishnah even follows the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. When did Rabbi Kiva argue and say that when does he hold that a witness cannot be cannot be a judge? That's only when it comes to capital crimes. Rahmanamar says that you have to judge and you have to what's the purpose of judging? You have to try to save to save the defendant from a capital punishment. If the judges witness the crime themselves, there's no way in the world they can find any leniency or any any way to to, uh, to get this person off the hook. Because seeing is so powerful, I saw the crime. So in my eyes, you're done. You're finished. You're a murderer. There's no way I can't even listen to any any argument. So therefore, that's the rationale. That's what Abakiva says, that a judge cannot, a witness cannot act as a judge. Because a judge has to be impartial. Once I've seen it, I can no longer be impartial. How can I be impartial and try to f- see something good to say? I can't. I- I've seen the crime. In my eyes, you're a murderer. It's done. It's finished. It's decided already. Once it's a capital crime, you can't pass judgment until the next Right. Day Once you've seen it, it's it. It's over. Right. That's the power of seeing. There's no need. It's not a question of... A, uh, not being able to be impartial. What does have to do with impartiality? I've seen the new moon, so what? So I can't act as a judge? I can't act as a court? Of course I can act as a court. That explains also what Kiva only holds in the case of a capital crime. Why don't you learn from this in any case? It's because there, there's a rationale, there's a reason why the title says that you have to, that the witness cannot be a judge. Okay. Next mission is, okay, look at mission. Now we're getting to the tradition. What's the mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah? Every holiday has a mitzvah. What's the defining mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah? Barry, what's the mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah? 
What mitzvah do we do on Rosh Hashanah? Oh, we blow shofar. What, what's the mitzvah of Pesach? We eat matzah. This is the mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah, blowing shofar. What's the mitzvah of Yom Kippur? Fasting. So, what's the mitzvah of sukkahs? Eating in a sukkah. The, the four minim, no, the, the four species. Yom Kippur is this. Right. No, 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 if you're too sick, if you're too sick, if you're too sick to go to shul, rather lie in bed and fast, it's more important than davening and praying and beating your chest up. The main thing is fasting, the main thing is fasting, you have to, have to, you have to be able to fast, that's the mitzvah. Okay. So he says, now he's describing which shefer is kosher for to blow, to fulfill this mitzvah. Kol shefer is kshed, and all shefer is kosher, chutzman shel With the exception of, of the axe. Why? Neshu kerem. Because it's a horn, it's not a shefer. Shefer comes from the word, a shefer is like a tube. Shefer has, uh, it's like the inside is, is fleshy. And you can carve it out. And then you can hollow it. Hmm. A shafer could be hollow. Um, the the shafer, the horn of a of a of a of a cow, is not hollow. It's like a solid solid bone. Huh. You can drill it out, but it's not hollow. There's nothing. There's nothing. So therefore, it's not kosher. It's not called a shafer. I'm an Abiyasi. Well, I call a shafer nikul keden. What do you mean? But all shafers are called kedesh. I'm a shaykh with keden that you will, you will, you will uh, blow b'keren ayevul by Jericho. They surrounded the walls of Jericho. So he says, when you'll hear the sound of the shofar, everyone will blow, and the wall will, will will crumble. The wall will collapse. Will fall down. So the Torah refers to the ram's horn as a keren. So too, the the cow's cow's uh, horn is also called a shofar. So it is kosher. That's the mission. That's the argument in the mission. Of course, the law follows the rabbis that uh, um, cow's horn is not kosher. Only only a shofar. We use a ram's horn. Okay. Rabbi Yaisi, is, is his argument correct? Why don't the, how will the rabbis refute his argument? Since the verse is extra, why does he have to say Bimshayf? Doesn't it come to teach us that all horns are, are called Shafer, are considered a Shafer? So Rabban and the rabbis will respond, All Shafers, every Shafer, even the ram's horn is called a Shafer, and it's also called a Keter. Uh, the, the opposite is not true. The para of a cow, keren ikri, it's called keren, shayfali ikri, it's called a keren, but it's not called a a shayfar. Mm. It's not called a shayfar. The chsiv, because it says in the pasik, it says in the blessings. And the blessings at the end of, of, of Deuteronomy, when Moshe blesses Yosef, he says, he says, he has the beauty, and he has the horns of the uh, aim. He's, he's referring to Yosef. Yosef is the firstborn of Shredei. Because he was the first of his own, of his wife. He was only intending to marry Rachel. He was the firstborn of Rachel, and Shreda is like an axe, and Hadley is beauty. He has beauty, and he has the horns of of a re'em. The horns, and we don't find anywhere. We don't find anywhere the horns of an axe. But the horns of a cow are called shayfer. It's only referred to as keren. Huh. So we find that the, the shayfer of a ram is called, is called keren. Like he just quoted the verse from Joshua when they surrounded the walls of Jericho. He's referring to the shayfer, the ram's horn, he calls it a keren. That's true. But we don't find anywhere the reverse. That the, 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 that the horn of a, bull, of a, of a cow or of, a, or of an ox is called a shayfer.
So that's why it's not qualified to use as a shoifer. Rabbi Yesi, how would Rabbi Yesi respond? He says, no, the pot is not shoifer. No, we do find a verse where even the the cow is called, the, the horn of the cow is called a shoifer. Sivit says, it says in, in Tehillim, it says in Tehillim in chapter 69, the end of chapter 69, Par. So it says, I shall praise the name of God with song, and I shall magnify it with thanksgiving. Mishay Pag will be more pleasing to Hashem than an axe. Mishay and Pag a bull. Imshay Lama Pag, Imshay Lama Shay. Why is he calling it a shayr and then he's calling it a par? First he's calling it an ox and then he's calling it a bull. In par lama shayr. Why is it called both? Elamai shayr par. When he says shayr par, he's not, calling, he's not referring to it as a bull and an ox. He means mishayfar. Not shayr par, shayfar. It'll be more pleasing in the blowing of a shayfar. Two words, shaypar. It doesn't make sense. Why would he compare it to two different animals? He's referring. So he combines the two words. It becomes shaypar. On the other hand, the first word, but the extra h. So he said shaypar. Why is it shaypar? There's no relation shaypar. Why the extra h? He's coming to teach us that the axe of a shur, of an axe, the, the horn of an axe, a cow, is the same as a shafer. It's also called a shafer. So therefore, it's coming to teach us that you can use it for Rosh Hashanah. How will the rabbis say? Rabbanon, explain the verse. What does he say, shafer? Why is he saying... That it's more, it's more pleasing to Hashem than a bull and an ox. So he's saying, "My It means an ox that is as full grown as a bull. Huh. The ox, he's talking about the ox of creation. That all animals were created fully grown. So it means an animal. On the day it's called a shayr, was as full grown as a bull. The moment it came out of the ground, the moment it was created, on the, on the sixth day of creation, in the morning of the sixth day of creation, the moment it came out, it was, came out like a fully formed, fully fledged bull. Day one and day old ox is called a shayr. When are you called a bull? When it's three years old. So he says here, shur par. When the moment it came a shur, the moment it was created, the moment of the first moment of its existence it was already par. It was already a full-fledged bull. That's why all the evolutionists they don't understand. God created the world fully fledged. Adam was created a twenty-year-old mature adult and Chava. So the world was created already fully formed. Wow. You didn't need evolution to get the billions uh-huh. of years. Hashem created everything was fully ready, fully formed the first moment. If you take the two words together, Amarullah says, "Hi, the time that abundant. The reason for the rabbis is because Why did they disqualify a cow's horn? Because according to Rabbi Chizda, Rabbi Chizda says, "When they mind King God Nichas, because all of Nayel Chumla Beda Veda, why doesn't the King God will go into the Holy of Holies wearing all his golden vestments, his clothes? Surely you're going into the Holy of Holies to wear your nicest, fanciest clothes." And the answer is, because you can't have the prosecutor, you cannot become the defender. So gold, the reason why they worship the golden calf, they worship the golden calf. And that's why you had to have Yom Kippur in the first place. Why did you need Yom Kippur? Why did Hashem have to atone? For which sin? The sin of the golden calf. Hashem wanted to wipe them out. So you're walking into the Holy of Holies with gold? Are you kidding me? Now the, 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 the accuser is going to become the defender? No, it can't happen. So to over here, the same reason, you can't blow the shofar. We're looking for how to defend ourselves, so you're blowing a, a horn of an axe? 
the golden calf, the whole calf from a calf from a, from an ark. That makes sense. We don't find anywhere that the uh, the accuser becomes the defender. But you get dampar. But there is the bull, the bull of the high priest, and we take he takes that blood and enters that with that blood on the kippur into the holy of holies and sprinkles that blood. So you're bringing the blood of a bull. You're just telling me that a bull is disqualified. I can't use a bull. I can't blow shofar in the bull. And I can't. I can't. I can't. Go, I can't go into with the, with the golden vestments because anything associated with the golden calf. So how can I take in the blood of a of the, of the bull? Because it changed. I'm not bringing the bull in. I'm bringing the blood. It changed. The bull is dead, and I, I slaughtered it. So it changed. In the beginning, it was part of the bull. It was a part of the life of the bull, the life force of the bull. Now the bull is dead. I just said it's blood. Blood is independent, right? It's not the same. When it's part of the bull, it's part of that organism. It's part of that life. It's it's alive. Now it's bl- dead blood. It's nothing. It's no comparison. It's no connection. So now that could become a defender. It's not the accuser being a defender. It's two separate things. Two separate entities. But you have the ark. The ark is gold. The kapoides and the cover of the ark. And the cherubs. They're all made of gold. And they're in the holy of holies. We're saying that a sinner should not bring an item which he had sinned. You can't, the sinner can't bring the same item with which he sinned to act as your, as your defender. The, the ark didn't sin, the, the cover of the chairs didn't sin. There's no problem with gold per se. It's not that gold is something wrong with gold. Gold was created for the temple. The whole purpose of gold is for the temple. It's only for Hashem's sake. It's the sinner, the sinner who sinned with the golden calf, you can't go in and bring gold into the Holy of Holies. So the high priest, who's atoning for the Jewish people, he's not allowed to wear any, anything gold. But the high priest is bringing in the golden ladle, and the fire pan, and the fire pan, right? it's all gold. So how could the sinner bring in the high priest representing the sinners, the Jewish people, how could he go in with the gold? But the answer is All we're saying is that a sinner should not adorn himself With the item that he had sinned Come in with golden clothes Golden vestments, fancy clothes That you're not allowed to do The gold ladle and the fire pan Are not adornments Right, it's not I, it, it, it's, it's not personal. It's it's just a, I need a, a, a ladle. I need a fire pan. So therefore, I'm not, I'm not, It's not inappropriate. But here, it's completely inappropriate to dress yourself up to adorn yourself with golden clothes. It's like jewelry. You dress yourself up with the same item that caused you to sin in the first place. That makes hmm. no sense. Well. One second, we're not done. How can I do the service outside the temple? Any service that was done outside, the Kayan did wear all of his eight clothing, including the, including the four items that were made of gold. The problem is going inside. The accuser cannot be... No, not talking about outside. In the temple itself, in the courtyard, any, anything outside the inside of the temple. Because the Shekhinah is in the inside. So to go, to come to Hashem. But to come to Hashem. To come to Hashem, stand in front of Hashem in His Holy of Holies, His private chamber with gold, that, that you can do. But the service you do, you do in the temple courtyard, that's not a problem. So now we're concluding that the accuser cannot become a defender. So if you're telling me that accuser cannot become a defender, and he's saying that's the reason why the rabbis say that you're not allowed to use the horn of a, of an, uh, of a cow. Why? You just said that you're allowed to use gold that's outside, only if it's inside the temple. So what's the problem with blowing shofar with a horn of a cow? It's outside, it's not in the temple. You just said it's not a problem. Outside. But answers, the whole purpose of blowing the shoif is that we should, Hashem should remember us favorably. So therefore, it's like, it's like you, you, your service, it's like the service that's done inside the Holy of Holies. Even though it's not a personal adornment, 
So what's the problem? Even inside the Holy of Holies, I could bring a ladle which is gold. It's not a personal adornment. So what's the problem with blowing the shofar? But nevertheless, since through the shofar, our prayers go up to Hashem, our prayers are elevated to Hashem Himself, and Hashem Himself listens and decides and remembers us. So therefore, it's 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 the equivalent of wearing a golden a golden garment. Where the accuser is is trying to become the defendant. If it's prohibited. It's through the shaifer. Everything is in the shaifer. The whole Rosh Hashanah is depending on the shaifer. Our shaifer causes our prayers to go up and our, uh, to Hashem to remember us favorably and to judge us. So you're entering into the Holy of Holies, Hashem's chamber. So you're, you're using a goal, you're using a shaifer of an ox, of a cow, a shaifer of a cow that causes you to sin in the first place. Therefore, you need, it doesn't make sense to use, to use uh, the horn of a, of, a, of, a, of a cow. That's the reasoning of, that's how Rabbi Chizda explains. Hmm. So we have two explanations, Ullah's explanations and Rabbi Chizda's explanation. Ullah said, because it's not called a shafer. And... Um, no, the bias could explain to rabbis. He's got an answer for what the rabbis. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ullah said. Ullah said it's like Rav So the first explanation was because it's not called. It's not called a shayf. And Ullah said like Rav Chizda. So your mother says what of But our mission says clearly that the reason is because it's keren. It's not a sh- called a shayfer. So how can Ula and uh, Rav Chizda give a, give, give a different reason? So your mother says, The Tana is saying there's two reasons. Number one, one reason they can take an Asas and Neger. You can't have the accuser become the defendant. Another reason is Neshu Keren. Because it's a horn, it's not a shofar. It's not like a tube, it's a horn. Why, why was he seeking out another reason when the Mishnah only states one reason? Because he felt that the reason is very weak. Because Rabbi Yesi pointed out, that we find that even, uh, even the horn of a, of a bull is also, of an axe, is also called shoifer. It's also called shoifer. All shoifers are called keren. And we find that all shoifers are called keren. So, so th- any kettle should be okay, should be kosher, should be suitable to use on Rosh Hashanah, any horn. Hmm. If we had to find a powerful argument to tell us no, that you can't. That would explain why in the Torah we never find that a cow's horn is called a shofar. Because, because the Torah wants to tell us they don't use a, a, a cow's horn because, because of the reason because it's, he can't use the accuser cannot become the defender look it's not like Abraham found a cow and the bush stuck in the bush right that's the main thing right there what I'm sorry there was no cow decade it was a ram Okay. Your mother says, right? Rabbi Yisro Amalach and Rabbi Yisro will respond. How according to Rabbi Yisro, how could you use the horn of a cow? Of a cow? How could the accuser become the defender? So he'll tell you. It's only inside the Holy of Holies. In the holies, is on the outside. And the second reason you give because it's called the keren, we don't find anywhere in the Torah it's called the shofar. As he brought the verse from Joshua when they surrounded the walls of Jericho, there the all the shofar is also called, also called the keren. So keren includes everything. So you can't disqualify a cow's horn. Hmm. Even though we blow shofar, and uh, even though we blow shofar is for remembrance, but nevertheless, it's still an outside service. It's outside. In that case, we're not worried. We don't say the accuser cannot become the defender. Abaya gives a different reason, a third reason. You know what the reason of the rabbis is why you're not allowed to use the horn of a cow to blow shofar. Because shofar, Rabbi 
The Tadus says shayfer, the sound from the shayfer. Well, the shnayim is, and not from two or three shayfers. The horn of a cow, and the koi, gildi, gildi, since it's composed of individual shells, it has the appearance of two or three shafers. It says blow in the shafer in the singular. I can't blow, I can't take three shafers together and blow. Yeah, only one. So this looks like I took three shafers together, two or three shafers together, and I'm blowing. And it says by, by the Jubilee, I'm not allowed to combine two or three shafers together and blow. So therefore, the cow's horn, though every year it continues to grow, and every year you can tell the growth. So it looks like it's adding and adding on top of that. Your mother is trying to understand Abayi's explanation, the same question he had on Ulu, but of the Mishnah says because it's Kedon. So your mother says the same answer. Really, the real reason is the reason why the Torah is telling us it's wrong because the shayfer echad because it appears like it's scaled and it's it's like uh, it's like you combine two or three shayfers together. Another reason this is the rationale why the Torah actually prohibits it. Why the Torah doesn't say anywhere. We don't find anywhere in the Torah that a ke- that the horn of a, of a cow should be called shayfer. To teach us that it's disqualified Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi Yaisi Amalach, how would Rabbi Yaisi respond to the rabbis? That the arguing that the horn of a, of a, a cow it looks like two or three shayfras, mm-hmm. since the layers of a cow's horn are attached to each other, naturally attached to each other, so it's one shayfra, it's not, it's not taking two, three horns together. Two, three horns together would disqualify, but this is not the case. It may appear that way, but it's not, in reality, it's one. We see from Joshua that all the shoferists are also called Ketan. The Mishnah calls the ram's horn a Yevo. Yes, he says, it says, from Shaykh. When you will, um, when you will blow the kedanayevul with the horn of yevul, referring to the ram, and he's calling it keden, not shayfer. Mm-hmm. How do we know that yevul means a ram? When I traveled to Arabia, they would call a ram yevul. Is how does that explain in the times of Joshua when the Tater says Yevel, the Tater is speaking Arabic? Suddenly the Tanakh is starting to speak Arabic. <laughs> speaking Hebrew and all of a sudden it throws in an Arabic word. Why? So the Shalak Kaddish explains because really everything is really Hebrew. Everything comes from the Hebrew language. That was the original language. Uh-huh. Till the Tower of Babel, till 19... 19, uh, when was it? Uh, Tower of Babel, 1996 from creation. Till the Tower of Babel, everyone spoke Hebrew. As a result of the Tower of Babel, Hashem dispersed them and they spoke the 70 languages. So the original language of the world is Hebrew. So everything is rooted in Hebrew. So that's what he's saying. Since I find, I once heard this word in a different language, ultimately everything comes from the Hebrew language. So this tells me that this word is a Hebrew word. Huh. And it means, in Hebrew also, it means a ram. Wow. <laughs> when I traveled to Gaul, they would call a, a menstruant woman Gambuda, my Gambuda. What does Gambuda, how, how does, why does that connote, why does that mean so a woman who menstruates? Gamula Dami Baila. That she's separated from her husband. When she's menstruating, she's separated. Gumula da. That she's separated. Just like Vayigamal. That means he was weaned. We read the other week in the Torah. Yitzchak was weaned from nursing, from his mother, from Sarah. So a menstruant is called Gamuda because she's not allowed to have relations with her husband. So she's separated from him. 
When I went to Africa, I traveled to Africa. Akiva traveled. He was a well-traveled, a wandering Jew. He would call a ma. A ma is a coin. Yeah. It's a sixth of a dinner. So he would call it ksita. Why practical difference to know this? Okay. That the ma is called a ksita. The furushi makes it that I is a medanki. When it says... When it says a hundred ksita in the Torah that he paid a hundred ksita, so it means it refer. It's a say. It means a hundred danki. Danki is a six. So a six is a ma. A ma is a six of a dinner. So when Yaakov arrived in Shem, he purchased the plot of land from Chamor and he paid a hundred ksita. That's the second real estate transaction, recorded real estate transaction the Jewish people bought in Israel. They bought, Avram bought in Hebron, the plot in Hebron, and Yaakov bought in Shechem, he bought the plot in Shechem for a hundred ksita. So, so, so uh, Rabbi Kiva says, what did he pay? What's ksita? A ma. So he introduced to them a new type of coin, a smaller coin, mm-hmm. which is a sixth of a dinner, so it's easier to, to work with. They were only working with big coins. He introduced to the city like a small coin. When I traveled to the, uh, to the maritime cities, you know, on the water, they would refer to selling kid. What practical difference is it? To know this, the furushi asher kadisili. Now we can understand when the Torah says, when Yaakov says kadisili that I bought, he's referring to the cave of Machpelah. Kadisi means kadisi. What does it mean kadisi? He 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 dug it out. He dug his grave. No, kadisi means he bought it. He paid for it. Huh. <laughs> Telling that Esav doesn't have a, the, is not buried there. He says I bought my my right to be buried in the cave of Machpelah. I bought it. I paid for it. When he when he bought the birthright for he sold the birthright for 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 lentil soup yeah. You're talking about Joseph. No no no. Joseph is repeating to Paro what Yaakov oh. told him. Oh. He want bury me in the cave of Machpelah, oh, wow. the the cave that I bought. Kadisili doesn't mean I dug. It means I bought yeah for, from Esau. He bought the right from Esau to be buried. When I travel to the border. Of Kanishraya, you can lakala ninfe. They would call a bride ninfe. Or Tanagel Sechvi. And a rooster was called a Sechvi. We say every morning, and Naisan La Sechvi Binda, you give a rooster the knowledge to be able to distinguish between night and day. Nymphi means like a young bride in Greece. A nymphomaniac, a nymphi. But your mother said, Lakala ninfi, micro. Where do we see this in the Pasuk? It says, It says in Psalms 48, A beautiful bride, joy of all the earth. Yifein noif is referring to a bride. Noif is a bride. It said in the name, or Rabbi Levi, Where do we find this in the Pasuk? It says, Me, it's a pasuk in Job. Who placed in the smooth one's wisdom, or who gave to the sechvi understanding? Who placed in the smooth wisdom? These are referring to the kidneys, the two kidneys which are smooth organs. So, who gave the kidneys? The kidneys are seed of wisdom. The kids in these councils, because okay. you know? the kidneys, we know, the kidneys have a tremendous wisdom. In the gut, in, the, in your stomach, you have tremendous wisdom there. Like, so you, you know, like a, a gut instinct. You have, it's, it's all in your body, it's physical. Who gave the sechvi understanding? Referring to a rooster, it's able to discern. Sechvi literally means they're made to, to see. So Hashem gave the rooster the ability to see, to discern between darkness and light. The rooster is the only creature, hmm. like an alarm clock. 
it discerns before it turns light, it already right. discerns and it starts crowing. Right. right. who asked the lady once visited a certain place? I said, like, a person came from Amalei. We continue on side B, 26B. Kabon, Planya. The other my comedy, didn't know what he was saying. He said, so and so was cover me. I didn't know what, what, what cover means. Also, show him a drush. Yes, what did the person tell me? What come on? What did he do to him? What come on? I'm a leg, He robbed me. It says, a malachi. Shall a man rob God? If I was there, I would tell him. I would say to the man, How did he cover you? With what did he cover you? And why, and why did he cover you? In other words, if I didn't know what he was talking about, I wouldn't just walk away and pretend that I know what he's saying. I would ask him. How did he cover you? What did he cover you? So from his answers, I would get a, a you know, a good, a good journalist. When someone tells him something, he doesn't know what he's talking about, so he starts asking questions. Tell me exactly how and what. Yeah. And from there, you'll, 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 I'll figure out what he meant by, by, yeah. by cover. Why did, why, uh, then why didn't, then why didn't um, Levi, Mm-hmm. Why didn't Levi, Levi do that? He, he he didn't think of that. So he didn't do that. Why? We saw a Milsadi He thought the man was telling him about about an illicit relation. Right. He was worried. He didn't want to. He didn't want to get all the all the dirty details, the nitty gritty details. He, want, he didn't. He didn't inquire. <laughs> The rabbis didn't know what Sirugan means. The students of Rebbe didn't know what Sirugan means. It says in Megillah. Right. If you read the Megillah, Sirugan, you fulfill your obligation. They never heard the word, they didn't know what Sirugan means. Yeah. One day they overheard the maidservant of Rebbe, the Chazas, the Siski Piski. She, she observed the rabbis were entering the house intermittently. There were small groups. How long are you going to enter Sidugin Sidugin? It's the first time now they understood what the word means. In other words, she was, she was giving them Musa. She was berating them. Why are you late to the lecture? Why don't you all come together in time? But from this, the rabbis understood. Now they understood the mission. The mission means if you read the Megillah, Versus the Megillah with intervals. You don't read the whole Megillah in one shot. You read a little, you take a break, you read again. So he says you fulfill your obligation. Now they understood. Another story, the mother said, we had the my Chaluglis. The didn't know what Chaluglis means. The mother says in Yuma, if you remember, we learned that the Kayin Gadol was not allowed to eat certain foods. For seven days before Yom Kippur, he was, he was, he was quarantined. And he's not allowed to eat certain foods, so he shouldn't experience a seminal emission which would make him impure and would disqualify him from doing the service in the temple. Hmm. One of the foods that they said they're not allowed to feed him was chaluglogus. And they had no idea what that is. One day, they heard the maid of Rebbe. These were the students of Rebbe. So one day they heard the maid of Rebbe, the chazas the parchine. He was scattering purslane. It's like an herb, a succulent herb. A Malay. She said to him, How long are you going to scatter your chaloigloyes? So now they know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's purslane. That's not allowed to give a kayan. It's spicy herbs, very, very succulent herbs, which can lead him to uh, an omission. It says in the verse, as in the Pasuk, in Proverbs, Shleim Amel speaks about the virtues of learning Torah. They didn't know what it means. Salsala utre mimcha. We know it means you'll be elevated. But what's salsala? 
Salsala, and it will uplift you. What salsala? Yemachad, one day Shamul Amsa, the way that we heard the Mazer of Rabbi Dabar Amra, Lahu Gabra, she was saying to this person, he was curling his hair. Amrle, she said to him, How long are you going to be Masalsli here? So now they understood, now they knew salsala means to, like, to, to, to comb, to turn over. That's what it means. Salsala. If you're going to delve into the secrets of the Torah, you're going to turn it over in your mind and learn it again and again and try to understand it from all sides. This will uplift you. Like delving into the Torah and turning it over. Salsala. This will uplift you. It says in Isaiah, this is a prophecy. That speaks of the, the downfall of Babylonia. Hashem will punish them for destroying the temple hmm. and for, for causing the Jewish exile. So it says, Metatea, Tetasia, they don't know what it means. Tetasia, you will be destroyed. With the metate of destruction, Hashmit. But what's metate and what's with the Tetasia? Yeah, but one day, Shambul Amsad, may that be heard, the maid. Well, this maid knew a lot. She said to her, to her colleague, to her co-worker, take a broom, sweep the house. And now they knew what it means. Hashem says that the Babylonian will be swept, like dirt is swept with a broom, will be swept in a sweeping of destruction. Destructive sweep. The broom of destruction. The broom of destruction. I'll sweep them away. Sweep them out of history. The rabbis know what it means. Throw upon Hashem, Yehov, and you will sustain you. What's Yehov? Throw in Hashem, Yehov. What's Yehov? One day I was traveling with a certain Arab merchant. I was carrying a load. Babali said to me, Shkel Yavach, take Yav, and throw it into my camels. And now I knew what Yav means. Yav means your load. So that's what it says. Kashlech al Hashem Cast, throw upon Hashem your burden. And he will sustain you. In other words, don't worry. Throw it on Hashem, Hashem will take care of you. The mission. Next mission, okay? <laughs> Good mother. Amazing. should be a horn of a wild goat. Actually, says it's a goat, a wild goat, which is straight. So yal if is a shayfer v'shashan. Which was of a wild goat and straight. Upiv but the mouth is plated with gold. Oh, he's saying, he's describing the way it was. This was the shaifan in the temple. The shaifan in the temple was of a wild goat, and the, the mouth was plated with gold. How could, how could we use gold? We said the reason you're not allowed to use a, 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 the, the horn of a cow is because you can't have the accuser become the defender. You're not allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies because the equivalent of the high priest, the, the defendant going into the Holy of Holies with gold. So how can you bring in gold in the shoifah? Yeah, but it's not part of the shoifah. It's just for dormant. It was, it was by the mouth of the shoifah. So, the lips, uh, it's where the lips are placed. The sound yeah. of the shayfar doesn't come from the gold. The sound of the shayfar comes from the shayfar. It's just, it's just where the lips are, so that, that's not a problem. How do, how do they play it? And in the temple, you had two trumpets blowing on the side of the shayfar. Shayfar ma'irich, the shayfar would blow long, the shayfar would blow short, because the main mitzvah is the shayfar. So they would blow all three, yeah. Then those blowing the trumpets will stop and continue blowing the shofar because the main emphasis is on the shofar. Everyone is commanded to hear the shofar. Obetainius on fast days, it was they used They would blow with the horns of males which were bent. 
horns of rams, male sheep, which are bent, which are, you know, rounded, they're bent. Yeah, it doesn't have to be male sheep, but but it but it's 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 uh, it can be any any shayfer, but it's, but the main thing is it's bent. Yeah. The mouths were plated with silver. and two trumpets are played, blown in the middle. Shayfer Here in this case, the shayfer blows were short, and the trumpets were long. Because the mitzvah of the day is, mitzvah of the day is is. Uh, I'm sorry. The mitzvah of the day is the primary mitzvah. The are the trumpets? And assemble the people on a fast day. So you blow the trumpets. That there's an emergency. You're fasting. Right, there's, right. there's an emergency. There's a terrible situation. A decree. So you blow the trumpets to gather the people. Right. The, the shofar has to accompany it. But but the main thing is is the uh, the trumpets. They would actually have two shafers, two shafers, one on each side and the and the on each side of the trumpets, and the trumpets um, versus on Rosh Hashanah they had one shafer and on each side was they had a, a trumpet. Goat's horn is also a little curved, but it's not compared to the ram's horn. It's, it's, it calls it straight. Jubilee, which is identical to Rosh Hashanah, on Yom Kippur of the Jubilee year, they would blow shofar just like you blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah. All the blasts you blow on shofar on Rosh Hashanah, you blow on that Jubilee year. Labrachas and also the blessings, the extra blessings that we do with the Musaf, the nine blessings, the Musaf uh, royalty, the blessings of royalty, and the blessings of shofar, the blessings of memory, and the blessings of shofar. That's also we do that on Yom Kippur of the Jubilee year. We blow the horns of males, of a ram, mm-hmm. and in Jubilee, we blow the horns of a wild goats, mm. which are straight. Mm. That's Rabbi Huda's opinion. The mitzvah to blow shayfa and Rishon and Kippur is to use a ben shayfa. But all the rest of the year, on fast days with a straight one. We learn in our Mishnah, and this is in the Beis Hamikdash, it was be of a wild goat, which is straight. Why does Rabbi Levi say that it has to be of a ben? It has to be ben. So the Gemara says, Levi is following the other opinion, not the opinion of our mission, the opinion of the Tana and the Braise, the Tana we learn, they will blow with a bent horn. With a straight horn. Why doesn't he say Rabbi now Mishnah? Why does he say from a Braise? Now Mishnah, Rabbi Huda said, all he said was, that you blow from a ram's horn. He didn't say about being bent. Even though we understand that a ram's horn is bent. But he didn't say it. But in the Braise he says explicit. Braise he says that you have to look for bent. In the Mishnah he's just stating his opinion. When he says ram's horn, we know ram's horn is bent. He's just stating his opinion. In the Braise, he's testifying that this is what people do, which has, it's much stronger halachically when you're telling a practice. I'm not just telling you something in theory. This is in practice what I've witnessed. In practice, this is what people do. This is what people follow. Hmm. So it's very important because you have to have a bent heart. Your heart has to be broken. Wow. There's nothing more whole than a broken heart. There's Shana and Kippur is the time for people. Why didn't Levi say the law is like Rabbi Huda? He says, If you would have said the laws like Rabbi Huda, that he holds everything that follows Rabbi Huda, even in Jubilee. When he holds a Jubilee, you, you use a, a wild goat, a horn of a goat, which is straight and not bent. That's what he says. No, he doesn't say the laws like Rabbi Huda. He only says, in this, the laws like Rabbi Huda. 
when he says that the Shoshana should be a ram, should be a bent horn, that the law follows Rabbi. That, that's the halach. But when Micah Mifligi, what do the rabbis are now, Mishnah, what are they arguing about? Mar Sava, Rabbi Yehuda, hold, where the Shoshana come at the Kaifin, Shadaita, Tve Maila. The more person uh, he bows his mind, the more broken you are. He means your attitude, you break, you break, you, your, your heart is broken. Is better that the shayf will be more, much more effective. Hashem will remember, remember you favorably. jubilee, the more person straightens his mind, is better because jubilee is a time of freedom. You have to straighten yourself out, not be bent. Right. You have to be humble, humble yourself. But here, in Kippur, you're free. Mark seven others other one holds but it's just gonna come to push it in this day in this night it's a mile the more you straighten yourself out the better that's why it's better to have a straight shaver but tightness when it comes to a fast day that's why that time of our mission holds in the base of miglas and they use a straight horn a wild goat because you have to straighten yourself out and um and uh, but on on the fast day Fast day, yes, they would use a bent horn because then you have to be bent, you have to humble yourself. It's a fast. Straightening yourself out is straightening out your heart instead of being crooked. Straighten yourself out. Rishon is a time to straighten yourself out. Line, the conclusion is that we want to use a shofar which is, which is naturally hollow. We want to use it with the exception of a cow. Any shafer which is naturally hollow, with the exception of a cow, even though it's also naturally hollow, but a cow is called a keren, so you can't use the horn of a cow. Preferably, you should use a bent horn. And ideally, we use a ram's horn. That's what we do. That's what we all use. We all use a ram's horn. Be continued. Have another wonderful. A shafer means means it's like a like a tube, hollow. So uh, the shofar of a of a deer, for example, or the aim, it, it's a bone. So that's not. But a shofar of a cow, you would think it is hollow. So therefore, it should be allowed. So that's what he said. That's what the rabbis say. That since anywhere in the Torah we don't we find it's called a keren. It's not called a shofar. It's coming to teach us that you're not allowed to use the shofar of the cow, and that's why he explained why. Why not? <laughs> so that's why he said either because a uh, you can't have the accuser become the defender, or because it, it appears to be like two three shayfers together. So even though the horn of a cow is naturally hollow, and it fits the description of a shayfer, which comes from shayfer like a tube, nevertheless you're not allowed to use it for the mitzvah.